0: hello everyone welcome to the nelson show march 12th, 2021 uh i'm gonna start off with trying to explain inflation um, right now we just passed another basically two trillion dollar american whatever they called it uh let's see let's see what do they call it here the uh American uh, stimulus it's a stimulus payment is what they're calling it uh COVID relief bill, the American Rescue Plan. Um I don't know these people obviously don't understand how money works. Uh they think they just sign a bill, print money, and hand it out to people and all it's good. Um so inflation though by definition. Is in economics, inflation is a general rise in the price level in an economy over a period of time. When the general price level rises, each unit of currency buys fewer goods and services. Consequently, inflation reflects a reduction in the purchasing power per unit of money. A loss of real value in the medium of exchange and unit of account within the economy. So I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but... Uh, you don't just go to a fast food restaurant now or even a sit-down restaurant now without it costing exponentially more money to do the same thing that just ten years ago cost you probably half or at least a quarter less that is the direct inflation rate going through the economy so As an example, you you can look at the conversion rate of Venezuela's money, and there's a lot of factors of why this is happening, but it's small pieces of this that are going on in the U.S., which I don't know the time frame on it, but eventually on the path we are on, we are going to end up in this same position. Um, so for their currency, they're called like bolivars or something like that. So it takes 1 million bolivars to equal 54 cents in us dollars. Uh, why is that? Well, it's because their economy, uh, took a crap after basically their government took over private industry, private business, uh, and you know, had that same idea that a lot of our politicians have that they know how to run stuff better than we do even though they most of these people don't own businesses or the business they do own are backed up by crony capitalism that they have inside information to uh, keep those businesses making money so I logged back onto the U.S. debt clock, and under our current conditions, if nothing changes, by 2025 at current rates, it estimates we'll be at $49.5 trillion in debt. So with that, we're not on a good projection of not ending up in the same place where we've got the Federal Reserve printing money as fast as it can and as soon as that money starts hitting the, the markets it's going to cause that same inflation here as what Venezuela is seeing um you had another part of this that was uh uh there's a an article here it's by who is it by here I think it's from Reuters so it kind of explains what happened in Venezuela so I'm just going to go over that here real quick so it goes the nation of Venezuela is in a state of crisis over the past few years corruption and failed government policies have led Venezuela's economy to collapse causing infrastructure to crumble and leaving millions of Venezuelans in poverty so I don't know if you've ever seen any of this stuff about this on the news you know basically the the people are out there rioting against the government uh because they their stores were wiped clean of any kind of food and stuff, and now, like I say, their money is worthless i mean they the people that are still working in that country don't make enough to even buy a gallon of milk after a month of what they make you know what a, what their money's worth. So, uh, the hardships faced by residents include catastrophic nationwide blackouts, hyperinflation, food shortages, and disease. The New York Times recently called the crisis the the worst the world has ever seen outside of war. More than 3 million Venezuelans have fled the country since the crisis began, many of them walking out on foot. Nicolas Maduro remains president of the country, though several nations, including the United States, now recognize opposition leader Juan Guaido, as the legitimate head of state. Meanwhile, the production and export of goods have dropped off dramatically, leaving an economy that was once the strongest in Latin America in dire straits. We compiled nine hard-to-believe facts about Venezuela's economy that illustrate the devastating effects of the nation's crisis. So the inflation uh, is part of the problem, but it started off before that. So, according to Euro News, IMF experts estimate that inflation in Venezuela will reach 10 million percent in 2019. Uh, this must be an old article, um, but it's still fairly relevant today. Uh, that means a pro- product that at one point cost the equivalent of one dollar will now cost the equivalent of 10 million. Under present circumstances, many Vel- Venezuelans' monthly salaries cannot cover the cost. Of a single gallon of milk, uh, I must have read that earlier. And you know they also Venezuela has tons of oil reserves, but and that's when when their economy was striving, they exported a lot of oil, millions of barrel, barrels. But once the government decided it could take over and run it better than the private industry, It started going downhill really quick. didn't get repairs on pipelines and different things. And it essentially, you know, pipelines were getting shut down. So basically it doesn't produce hardly any oil. But it has oil there and could be turned around under the right circumstances of... Basically they need to overthrow the current government that's in there and replace it with the Democratic elected person that supposedly won the last election but they haven't been able to get him out because he's got the military behind him uh and like i say once again the uh people don't have weapons to fight back because that stuff's you know been, been banned from them venezuela may sit on more known oil than any other nation but it produces relatively little oil these days From a high of 3.5 million barrels per day in the 1970s, the country produces only about 1.5 million barrels per day at present. Uh, It's probably due to the fact that the government officials are taking all that money that they do sell that oil. So they're living fat. They don't care about, you know, really what's happening underneath them. So they're getting all the money from this oil and nobody, none of the population is getting any benefits from this government. Uh, The drop-off in production can be attributed largely to poor handling of the industry following state takeovers under former presidents Hugo Chavez and Maduro concurrently. Uh, During most of the decades following Venezuela's adoption of a democratic government in 1958 through the 1980s, the country was the richest nation in South America, according to PRI's The World. The collapse of oil prices in the 1980s and failed economic policies brought an end to its financial primacy in the region. In what was largely has largely been a futile effort to keep citizens out of abject poverty, Maduro routinely decrees decrease, an increase in the country's minimum wage. <clears throat> I wonder where that sounds familiar. In January of 2019... Merco press reports he ordered wages raised from 4500 to 18000 sovereign bolivars per month, a 300% increase. Experts estimated that a roll of toilet paper cost Venezuelans 2.6 million bolivars in 2018. For reference in terms of US dollars, that 2.6 million bolivar roll of toilet paper would have cost 40 cents. And at the time of the assessment in mid 2018, inflation in Venezuela was around 1 million percent, according to NBC News. According to World Economics Limited, Venezuela's gross domestic product in 2018 was approximately 276 billion. That same year, the GDP of the state of Connecticut was about 279.7 billion. So the GDP of the state of Connecticut, one state, made more money than the whole country of Venezuela Uh, this is what I've been talking about you know about our corrupt government corrupt government officials and their just blatant restrictions with this COVID stuff basically crushing our economy Uh, it could be still thriving pretty well I think If they hadn't imposed a lot of the, more more or less the the democratic state that are ran by democratic governors anyways, um, crushing their own economies and their own citizens, but still people are blindly following these people. Um, Also, Venezuela's unemployment will surpass 44% this year. And will likely hit the fifty percent mark next year the state however has not released an official unemployment figure since 2016 when it claimed a seven point three percent unemployment rate <laughs> as according to Reuters so a lot of similarities uh, with Venezuela rich country totally turned to shambles due to a corrupt government so. Like I say, their their money's worthless. We're kind of doing the same thing right now. We're going farther and farther into debt. And as a, I guess, comparison, we could look at what happened with Greece. Because they had a debt crisis. And, you know, they're, they were in the European Union. Um, but they kind of had the same thing. They had a bunch of government politicians in their sp- Spending money like it was water, uh, promising basically all of these pensions that they couldn't repay, and eventually, you know, they were like, okay, our our GDP is lower than what we are, uh, you know, it's, it's more than what we are putting out uh, to bring money back in. So, kind of a breakdown, uh, especially the 2008 kind of crisis. So this article is from, let's see, where are we here? The Balance. And it was updated last year. So this is just kind of an older article as well, but still relevant. So it goes on, The Greek debt crisis is the dangerous amount of sovereign debt Greece owed the European Union. So the United States, basically, we owe a lot of other countries, but now we're just basically using the Fed and the printing press instead of borrowing a lot more debt from other countries because all them countries are way in debt with other countries and so on and so forth. Um, So Greece owed the European Union between 2008 and 2018. In 2010, Greece said it might default on its debt, threatening the viability of the Eurozone itself. To avoid default, the European Union loaned Greece enough to continue making payments. So <laughs> it's kind of like uh if you take your credit card, uh max it out and then you're like, "Well, crap. I don't I'm not making enough money to even make the 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 minimum amount payment." So that would be like the credit card company just saying, "Oh, well, here, we'll just up your credit limit so you can keep spending on it." But you, even though you can't make the minimum payment, <laughs> that's kind of what they, they're doing. Uh, it was the biggest financial rescue of a bankrupt country in history. As of January 2019, Greece has only repaid for 41.6 billion euros. It has scheduled debt payments beyond 2060. In return for the loan, the EU required Greece to adopt austerity measures. These reforms were intended to strengthen the Greek government and financial structures. They did that, but they also mirrored Greece in a recession that didn't end until 2017. The crisis triggered the Eurozone debt crisis, creating fears that it would spread into a global financial crisis. It warned of the fate of other heavily indebted EU members. This massive crisis was triggered by a country whose economic output is no bigger than the U.S. state of Connecticut. So they were kind of in the same problem as well as Venezuela. Greece crisis explained. In 2009, Greece's budget deficit exceeded 15% of its gross domestic product. Fear of default widened the 10-year bond spread and ultimately led to the collapse of Greece's bond market. This would shut down Greece's ability to finance further debt repayments. The chart below highlights in red the period when the 10-year government bond yield passes 35% until vast debt restructuring forced private bondholders to accept investment losses in exchange for less debt. So basically, if you bought bonds in that country to help help the country out, uh, you got screwed, basically. And that's kind of what the U.S.'s bond market's going to do. So I highly recommend that if you have U.S. bonds, that you sell them. And buy some assets of some sort uh, outside of U.S. bonds because right now basically the Fed's buying our our debt for the most part, and which is also not a good solution. But it, I don't know, it it doesn't put us in reliance to other countries' money. So I don't know. It's kind of a that's kind of a tricky situation there. But either way, it's not good uh eu leaders struggled to agree on a solution greece wanted the eu to forgive some of the debt but the eu didn't want to let greece off scot-free the biggest lenders were germany and its bankers they championed austerity measures they believed the measures would improve greece's comparative advantage in the global marketplace the austerity measures required greece to improve how it managed its public finances it had to modernize its financial statistics and reporting it lowered trade barriers, increasing exports, most importantly, the measures required Greece to reform its pension system. so our country as well has a pension problem uh, A lot of private companies have done away with pensions because they've just understood that they are not sustainable after so many so long you know yet more people uh taken off the pension system at a certain retirement age than you have people or money going into the pension pension payments had absorbed 17.5% of GDP higher than in any other EU country public pensions were nine percent underfunded compared to three percent for other nations austerity measures required Greece to cut pensions by one percent of GDP it also required a higher pension contribution by employees and limited early retirement so once again this is not it's Pensions and Social Security, ran by the government, uh, failing. Which is basically, if you if you really want to think about it, our our government pensions, uh, especially with most uh, states and their their pension systems, are underfunded or are set to be underfunded in the near future. Uh, we still pay all this all this money out of your paycheck going into social security, but it's also getting to that point where it's going to be underfunded because more people are retiring. So the only way they're going to fix that is make sure you are older before you can start drawing off of it. I mean, they've done that in the past already, you know, keep, they keep upping the age limit at which you can take out of social security. Uh, Just another example of government failure on them running anything. They just, they think they know, they think they're smart, they think they know how to do this stuff, and eventually they end up screwing it up, uh, and pretty much everybody gets screwed. That's basically the, uh, the gist of it. Okay, so, you know, Greece had that huge thing, you know with their economy i mean they had people rioting i mean that whole country freaking was breaking down uh after they had to do all this stuff and half of the greek households relied on pension income uh since most of their country was older and you know were retired uh, The workers, you know, weren't thrilled about paying extra contributions so the seniors could receive the higher pensions. The austerity measures forced the government to cut spending and increase taxes. It happens all the time, everywhere. It's going to happen here. Uh, I don't know when, but it's, it's going to happen. Because, like I said, your elected officials are voting to spend money we don't have and driving up the debt... Keeping our our schools, businesses closed. Uh, the only the only businesses that have actually gained in this are big businesses because they've let them stay in operation, while crushing everybody else in the small business sector. So I mean, I mean, do the math there. Look at that how you want, but it's the government picking winners and losers again. And it's always a destructive ends. The austerity measures forced the government to cut spending and increase taxes. They cost 272 billion euros, or 40% of GDP. As a result, the Greek economy shrank 25%. That reduced the tax revenues needed to repay the debt. Unemployment rose to 25%, while youth unemployment hit 50%. Rioting broke out in the streets. The political system was in upheaval as voters turned to anyone who promised a painless way out. So it's kind of the same thing we're doing here. We're just kind of rolling with the punches, letting these people, you know, sign checks, send checks out to people for a crisis they caused in the first place, especially with the numbers you want to see with the COVID stuff. Uh, this is going to turn into basically a super disaster when it's all said and done. I mean, a lot of the Republican states are finally starting to look at the the bigger picture and say, hey, look, you know what, these uh, numbers aren't that bad now. We're going to start releasing the restrictions. And for the most part, uh, Republican states have stayed open. Like I say said before there's a lot of different things that go into the actual politics, you know, the political spectrum of it of it was an election year uh this virus came at the perfect time for especially the dem- the Democrats cuz they were crushing their economy uh I think on purpose Because if you start looking at the numbers all these states that actually stayed in these major lockdowns uh, had just the same pretty close the same amount of deaths as states that stayed open and you can look at a lot of that Um, let's see it's the there's a new updated one right here it's the national US coronavirus cases and deaths by state Uh, updated March 11th so it's current Um, as far as okay let's just go down to Florida here so they had just under 2 million cases known cases and had 32,000 deaths Um, let's see who else is comparable here Illinois had one point two known ca- two million known cases, with twenty thousand eight hundred deaths. Let's see where are we at here? I mean, a lot of these stats are pretty dang. I mean, Missouri had four hundred eighty thousand six fifty two known cases with eight thousand three hundred three deaths. Montana, I mean, the numbers of deaths from this. Are actually pretty dang low for the most part. Uh, New York had one, one point seven million known cases, with forty eight thousand two eighty seven deaths. A lot of that was just high density cities. One is one thing, but the lockdowns I think were a huge Mistake, especially with a lot of those people live in close, quartered, high-rise apartments and different things like that, all breathing from the same air. So you get one or two people infected and it's recirculating that air. If they've got a bad infection, you're going to pollute that whole entire building with coronavirus. So I think personally the lockdowns did more damage than they helped. Uh, I, from my, from my perspective, I think they could have just put the guidelines out there, said, hey, you know, wear a mask, try and social distance, but we're not going to force businesses to shut down. Just take the safety measures you need to, and let's just keep everything running. But a lot of the states that locked down had not that great of numbers. Um, let's see whats some other numbers here New York obviously I mean if you're gonna compare that's been a big comparison New York with one point seven million cases Florida with um where was it doo, doo, doo. almost two million so one point with 32,000 deaths. So more cases than New York, but with less deaths. So, I mean, I don't know. Just looking at numbers like that, Texas, you know, they had 2.7 million, so they had a lot more cases, almost two point eight with 44,854 deaths and Utah let's see Utah has 395,288 known cases with 1,993 deaths a lot of cases like say I think most people that didn't have other uh, underlying problems before this hit could have died from anything it could have been coronavirus it could have been something else we may have still seen a lot of these same people dying because their health just wasn't that good to begin with Um, so a lot of the coronavirus deaths i think could realistically be attributed to something else but they counted them as a covid death death because they had it when they died may not have been because they died from it, but it could have been complications or it could have been just these people were going to die. They had the virus. They were tested after they died. And it just gets marked down as a COVID death. So I realistically, for my opinion, I think a lot of these numbers are a lot higher than what they really should be. Because it seems like, you know, you go into... Well, let's just see, let's just go to the CDC site and see what it's it's telling us. Let's see here. CDC.gov. We'll just go in here, flu. Let's just see what the flu is. I mean, we should have had a flu season, right? The, the influenza updates laboratory confirmed flu activity is low at this time. A COVID-19 pandemic is ongoing. CDC recommends if you haven't gotten your flu vaccine yet, get vaccinated now. That's another stupid thing. It's like, I don't get flu shots. I rarely ever get the flu. I mean, I, I think I've in the last 10 years, I've maybe got it once. Uh, like 24 hours and I was back to normal. So I don't really think that everybody getting vaccinated is kind of stupid, and especially if the government, airlines, different things like that are going to all make you get vaccinated before you can go on flights, go out of the country, all that stuff, I think, is complete ridiculousness. I've got, let's see... Uh, these sites—they got so much crap on here. It's hard to dig through everything. Let's see. Let's just look at the flu season here. They've got a huge yellow banner. Getting flu vaccine during the twenty twenty one is more important than ever because of the ongoing COVID nineteen pandemic. That's the funny thing. I mean, they've really realistically just instead of letting people decide for themselves i've just tried to scare you that i mean so much as to you know the whole mask thing as well which there's no data anywhere that says you know this is going to prevent anybody else from catching it from you or you know just catching in general if it's out in the air CDC recommends stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with others. Uh I don't know about everybody else but I haven't really changed anything other than I've got to wear a mask at work and I got to wear a stupid mask to go into any business or restaurant. Um for the most part Utah has stayed open and you've been able to some sit down restaurants went to only takeout for a while but I mean this is the uh, stupidity that makes no sense, is I have to put a mask on to go in through the lobby, but as soon as I sit down, then I can take it off, and everything's fine. <laughs> That's what, it makes no freaking sense whatsoever. All it is, I think, in my opinion, is a control issue. Like they get a, you know, Dr. Fauci gets to go on TV every other day or whatever, and Spout a bunch of crap but you know he's the quote unquote expert that should have never been given the the power he got to basically direct these states into doing what they did like I say I'm not a doctor I'm not a scientist but I can look at things fairly logically and figure stuff out for the most part and our kids especially wearing masks at school. Uh, one thing is is they don't really transmit it between each other very much anyways. And when they do, it's like a a quick cold and they're done with it in a couple of days. But it's nothing I mean the, the small percentage of kids that actually died from this is so small that we've destroyed our economy over all these fears of this disease because the the news media the experts and all these people have been just just hounding the airwaves and anybody that's watching that crap and just absorbing it in and not thinking for themselves and just doing what they're told because and not just thinking about it logically like okay I have to put a mask on to walk around Walmart or a grocery store and you can touch all this stuff and put it back on the shelf. And you think anybody's going around and cleaning all this crap up? Like right after you've touched something, uh, looking at it, reading the label or something, put it back on the shelf. Uh, more than likely, if somebody's sick and they're in there and they they're not showing symptoms, they're not going to, you know, you think they're going to not go to the store? It's like we still have to go buy groceries and go to the gas station and all that stuff. think they go out and wipe the handles off at the gas station? So you just pull up, pull the handle out, stick it in the tank and fill it up. I mean, <laughs> there's so many things that just are not making any sense, but everybody just like a bunch of sheep just kind of follows along and does, does what they're told uh unfortunately for me i'm usually not if it doesn't make sense i have a really hard time doing it especially and at work it's like we're we're luckily we only have to wear it when we're in our buses going up into the into the mine and at our meetings first thing in the morning but once we're off on in our own areas away from people we can take our masks off we don't have to wear them all day but it's still the same thing it's like they were getting us stuff to clean our our individual trucks and whatever, but it's like nobody does that. They and they might here and there, but for the most part, everybody's just doing everything the way we did it before. So then we got to look like we're wearing them. We got to wear our mask so it looks like we're trying not to prevent it. I guess, but I think for the most part, if we would have just stayed open, this virus would have did what it was going to do anyways, and probably kill the same amount of people that were probably going to die from something else anyways or did die from something else but got marked down as a COVID death that instead of flattening the curve all we've done is extended that curve in a flat line for a year now instead of just letting it kind of come through do its thing and kind of be gone All these countries did, I think, exactly opposite of what they should have done. And unfortunately, you know, people have got to understand that grandma and grandpa are not always going to be there. Eventually, that is an end fate for all of us. So take the precautions if you're worried about it. And if not let the rest of us go about doing what we need to do because I haven't changed anything else I mean I've worked out in the yard I go on hikes uh, I don't wear a, a mask anywhere and I really don't wash my hands any more than I used to you know if I've been out working in the garage and got dirty then yeah I'm going to come in and wash my hands up uh, you, after, you know common sense things like after you use the bathroom wash your hands with soap and water But it's not like I always wash my hands. But I never, you know, that's how I've always been. So, I don't know. This is just one of those situations where our government keeps giving us money to basically buy us off. So, that was another thing. I want to go back and touch on that with the stimulus check. So, I caught a little bit of Joe Biden's speech last night. And I tried not to just knock myself out so I didn't have to listen to it anymore. But I figured I'd listen to it. And, I mean, it's a totally... I mean, he tries to sell this that he's so sincere about all this stuff. And he's reading off the teleprompter. So somebody's written this speech for him, you know. And he's sounding really like he just really cares. and uh, But the things that he was saying are ridiculously stupid... I'm not really sure who thought this speech, you know, I mean, there's obviously going to be his supporters that are just like, oh, that was a great speech ever. Uh, he's really sincere. He wants us to, you know, not catch COVID. So if we just keep masked up, you know, these Republican states that are going to be opening up, they really need to stay vigilant and just keep people away from each other. Keep everybody locked down and masks on and we'll get through this together. It's like, no, we're we're already getting through this. Without your stupid, ridiculous ideas, so we signed this 1.9 trillion dollars American Rescue Plan, and just some of the things in it. You know, we're getting these checks again, um, but the problem is, is what they're claiming this is going to do is not going to do what they think it's going to do. So I'm just going to read through this. So uh more Mr. Biden's move followed the House's passage of the measure on Wednesday and the Senate's approval on Saturday. This historic legislation is about re uh, quote this historical legislation is about rebuilding the backbone of this country and giving people in this nation working people, middle class folks, people who build the country a fighting chance unquote, Mr. Biden said before signing the bill. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the first wave of direct deposit checks would begin hitting Americans' bank accounts as soon as this weekend. Payments are expected to continue over the next several weeks. In a new ad touting the stimulus plan, Mr. Biden said more than 85% of people will receive one of the $1,400 checks. The nearly $2 trillion pandemic package was heralded by anti-poverty and unemployment experts, that word again, experts, who said the $1,400 checks as well as other provisions, such as an extension of the $300 per week extra jobless aid for millions of unemployed people and an expansion of the child tax credit for low-income households, will help families pay their bills and lift, this is the best part, and lift children out of poverty. (laughs) They don't understand that $1,400 after a full freaking year of being shut down it's not going to catch anybody of these people up. I mean, if they had a house payment, fourteen hundred dollars is jack squat uh and like i say the the more they keep doing these things instead of just getting the economy back up and going, and you know hopefully people that are still in business with their small businesses can recover. Because I'm sure a lot of them have gone way into debt to try and just keep paychecks rolling out and keep their products you know, going out. So, I mean, it, it just frustrates the crap out of me that we keep letting government control stuff and they keep screwing it up. And it it always, 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 always is going to fall back on the American taxpayer to try and cover this somehow. And like I say, I mean, if, if this is all kind of the grand scheme of things, I'm not giving Trump any uh, leeway here either because he didn't do really anything about the national debt either. But our dollar is slowly turning into sand. That's You try and pick it up and it's just going to slip through your fingers because they just keep printing more money. They keep giving more money. And like I say, that's usually how hyperinflation hits. So they're printing all this money and a lot of these uh, big corporations are you know, absorbing most of it for the most part because everybody's been shopping online. So there goes Amazon making billions and billions of dollars. Uh, everybody needs to start shifting back to buying local, buying from your small businesses, and quit buying everything on Amazon. I know it's easy, it's convenient, but, it's, it's not going to help our economy. Uh, we need to get the states back open, you know, if, just lay out the guidelines, say, hey, look, do this, uh, you know, the best you can, but people should be able to go back to work, we'll, we'll still roll out these vaccines for people that are scared to death, that are going to die if they don't get them. Uh, and let's let's try and do something, actually try and do something for the American people. Because giving these checks out of $1,400 while passing a two-point and whatever trillion two basically a $2 trillion package, uh, $1,400 checks, I mean, do the math there. Where's all the rest of that money going? Well, you don't even want to look through the bill because it'll just piss you off. Um all I can say is if you've been working, you're doing pretty pretty decent uh if there are bills you need to catch up on, I mean, great, use it for that. I would personally get some kind of oh, I don't know what I would how I could phrase this I mean, I'm not trying to fear monger either because. It, it's probably going to happen slow until it does happen hard, kind of like the the 2008 thing did. It's like business was booming, and then all of a sudden it just crashed off the face of the planet. Um, and then, well, everybody lived through that. I mean, it we'll live through it, but it's going to be some hard times. So if you can, take that money and buy food storage or something like that because, like I say, once this money starts people start realizing how worthless it is and this the costs of food and all that stuff are going to start creeping up i mean you've seen probably most for the most part gas prices and where they're going they're they're slowly going up as well uh, some of that you know could have been you know a lot of the oil production that happened with the power outages in texas you know if a lot of those refineries and places you know do ship oil out and gasoline out to a lot of other places, so it it was a disruption in the supply chain, but also more government intervention into basically killing the the Keystone Pipeline, which a part of that is, is there's already the Keystone Pipeline right there next to it. This was just another pipeline down the same right-of-way to bring in more, uh, tower sands or whatever they call them that was going to the same place so all this this big drama about this keystone pipeline xl pipeline because it's a second pipeline next to the first one was just a bunch of environmentalists and government overreaching and activists that are bringing this to a halt which once again, with inflation, uh, it don't matter if they raise the minimum wage to $25 an hour because once all this stuff hits, that $25 is not going to be worth $5. I mean that's why I went over the inflation part of it. Uh, generators, get get a generator that can run possibly a fridge or two or a freezer, fridge and a freezer, if you can. You know, they, they might be a thousand, two thousand bucks for a really decent one. But if you get if we get into a certain point, there is gonna be a breakdown, I think, in the energy grid. Uh and different different sectors I think are gonna get hit eventually. Like I said, I don't know when this is gonna happen, but if you get start getting prepared for it now, it's not gonna be a super big shock to the system when it does happen. Because I don't see how this cannot eventually collapse again. Uh, Just due to the way things, the government's taking over and saying we got to do this, this, and this. And the more they force individuals into doing this and taking over stuff because of this or that. You're going to end up just like Venezuela because there's so much corruption and other crap. Guess who's getting rich from all this? You know, it's not we the people, the American citizen. Uh, This is also going to affect globally. So I don't know who listens to this, but if you can, get some of those things worked out now. And then it won't be such a shock to the system when it does happen. Uh Because this bubble's getting really big, and like I say, you can only put so much air in it before the balloon's gonna pop, so anyways, like I say, I'm trying not to fear monger uh like i say if if everybody just prepares for the worst, hope for the best, um we'll get through it, but it can be either harder to get through, more difficult, or you can make it a little easier on yourself if you can. Um, so just try and be prepared. I mean, that's kind of the model of everything. You know, even if there is just a natural disaster, you want to be prepared for it. It makes your life a lot easier. So, anyways, hopefully, all I all I can say is hopefully I'm wrong. But looking at the big pictures of how everything's kind of tie in together, I mean, maybe this is what happens to the, with the Great Reset and basically all all world economies collapse they go to this one world currency and who knows it might be digital currency for all i know which will be another horrible disaster in the making but that's a story for another day so hopefully this is uh, a little bit of more information i'm trying to get out there and i want to say thanks to anybody that actually still listens to the show and hopefully you'll catch it on the next one i'll see what i can come up with and like i say i appreciate everybody listening if you can Uh, share this and let's try and get the word out and try and grow this program if possible i'd really appreciate it i hope everybody has a good day and a good weekend and we'll catch you on the next one thanks